cooperative, I can tell you that. God bless you. Praise God. Well, I think I overexposed myself in that book. But it was for the sake of helping our young people. I wrote in mind um, with, I wrote it with the young people in mind. Because rarely do young people get into the lives of the older. They think that they were born bishops. And I've not spared anything and covered something as a, there was a challenge. <laughs> I faced a certain challenge. I, I risked exposing myself too much. And uh, it's for the sake of helping the young people who are coming up to, to, to show that we are all human. We are human. And God deals with us in very many different ways. He tailor-makes. And no one person is shaped the same way like, like God shaped me. And, uh, and the challenges are the same. The principles are the same. But the path is different. Amen. Well... I'm also very grateful that the Lord has brought us this far. The theme this far has the Lord brought us puts an obligation to us or on us to have a yardstick. A yardstick of how we are getting on progressing on this life's journey. We have considered recalling the past. We have considered rejoicing in the present. Today we are considering recasting the future. And I'm so grateful that the Lord allowed me to be part of this story. I am the youngest in comparison to the church fathers, my elders, my predecessors, who have gone on before me. And if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I would have preceded them into glory. I certainly would have. They handed over to me such a big task, huge shoes. They had left such a mark on Sitam, Nairobi Pentecostal Church, that only God's mercy and grace that I'm alive to tell the story. Because the responsibility they put on me was so heavy, I was under so much pressure to prove that God is no respecter of persons. To prove that an African can do it. To remove the stigma that Africans are incapable of handling their own affairs. To remove the skepticism 
that Africans cannot handle financial resources responsibly. To remove the report that tribalism was going to destroy the church. And to refute the notion that Africans cannot determine their own destiny without external aid. Such was the pressure that was, I was under, if you didn't know. Not necessarily to build my own kingdom, but to salvage the negative image of the African. That a Christian African is different from a political African. I think this is where the, the confusion was. And my failure would have been the failure of us all, confirming the apprehensions that were there. You may not know the agony that my wife and I went through as some said that now Valley Road is going to collapse. That the church now is going to the dogs. I thank God for Pastor and Sister White who believed in me and encouraged me. There was so much pressure until the body could not take it anymore that I ended up in the ICU of Nairobi Hospital. I called it purgatory. <laughs> if you don't know where purgatory is, I changed my theology. The Catholics are right. There is purgatory, yes. Not in heaven. It is found in the ICUs. Where your life hung between death and, and life. I ended up there with a heart attack. I now possess some thorns in the flesh. In the name of uh, Calivats. Called stents. Four of them. And I'm so grateful that the Lord didn't take me then. Because the life I now live, I live by faith. <laughs> In the saving grace of our Lord Jesus. Because it was in that state that the Lord came through to me and said, you don't have to prove anything. I will build my church. Yeah. For God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the best things of the world 
And the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 and 20 to 29. You read that. And that is God who has taken me through those experiences. So I'm grateful that God has been faithful. He has been faithful. I look back and I see that the best productive years of my life has been spent here at Sitam. And next year, I turn 60 and hand over the leadership of the church to our Deputy Bishop, Pastor Oginde. I'm saying I've completed my assignment with Sitam. I don't know. I will um, next year, March, that's the AGM. I think that's when my last day will be. God has another assignment for me. He's not through yet. Until I get to the six feet deep. This time, I don't know whether I, it, I will survive, but there I am. I cheated death, and maybe I can cheat it one more. Many more. God willing. Well, so this topic that there yet remains more land to be conquered. I may not be there with you. But I want to leave you also with something that is undone. That all the church fathers that are here have left a mark in Sitam. We are receding as will leave the baton to you to fulfill and conquer what remains to be done. I want to read where this text came from. Joshua 13, verse 1 to... I won't maybe read the whole chapter, but 13 is where this text comes from. It says, now Joshua was old, advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, well, they say 50 is golden years. And we are celebrating the 50th year. Now Joshua was old, advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, you are old, advanced in years. And there remains much land yet to be possessed. This is the land that remains all the territory of the Philistines and all that, all that of the Geshurites. 
from Sihal, which is east of Egypt, as far as the border of Ekron, northward, which is counted as Canaanite. The five lords of the Philistines, the Gazites, the Ashdodites, the Eshclonites, Ashkelonites. Those ones. The Gittites, the Ekronites, also the Avites. From the south, all the land of the Canaanites, the Mera, the that belongs to the Sidonians, as far as Afek, to the border of Amorites, the land of the Gebalites, and all those. Yeah, that is to say that much land remains right there. It was a time to dispossess and possess. Now, I've, I've sometimes asked myself when I would see God commanding the Israelites to kill, to slaughter, and to annihilate certain tribes. And wondered, as people ask, now this is a bloody book. Why would a loving God command the death of so many, the genocide. This is genocide. The genocide of so many innocent people. You know, when you discuss theology and people who want to give arguments, they have it. Why would a loving God command the annihilation, the genocide of so many people? Because when the Israelites were told to dispossess and possess. They were told to kill all of them. Now you have to backtrack in Genesis. He had given them 400 years to repent. And he said to Abraham, until the sin of the Amorite is complete, that's when he would do that. And he waited because our God is a patient God, long-suffering. He does not punish us before he gives us a chance to state our case, before he warns us. So God waited for 400 years for the Canaanites to see that there is a God and change their ways in conformity to his ways. So when they could not, he completed the destruction. But as they were commanded to destroy, to kill, and then possess the land, they encountered challenges that caused them not to complete the conquest. And some of these challenges are the challenges that will cause us not to inherit, to dispossess the territory that we are being given 
all that we are talking about today. And so we, we must look at some of the areas, the territories that remained to be claimed. By the time we come to the book of Judges, we have a, a roll call of the incomplete conquest of the land. Just a few pages there, you turn to Judges. Judges chapter 1 and verse 27. It says, however, Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Bethshin and its villages, the Tanakh and all and on and on, because the Canaanites were determined to dwell in that land. And then you go on. Nor did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites who dwelt in Geza and the Canaanites who dwelt in Geza among them. Nor did Zebulun drive out. Nor did Asher drive out. Nor did Naphtali drive out. Nor did all of them did not drive out, did not accomplish the command that was given to them. They failed. Why did they fail? One, that the inhabitants were determined. Nobody is going to move us from this place. They were determined. There is more to be conquered. But let's not be deceived that the inhabitants will easily surrender their territory and say welcome. They will fight. There will be intense warfare. Constant warfare. God promised yes. But God used them. It is a cooperation between God and man. And that's how God works. He needs human vessels to accomplish his conquest. And yet he says, I will do it for you. And he demands that we co-labor with him. As Jesus said, we are co-laborers with God. So the remaining territory was not occupied. And in fact, throughout the stay of the children of Israel in the promised land, until the exile, they had not occupied everything. Until today, the territory that was given to the Israelites has not been fully occupied. That's why we have war in the Gaza Strip. That's why we have the Palestinians fighting to have a bit of that land. Until today, they did not occupy the territory that God gave them. We first see the lords of the, the five lords of the Philistines. It says there in chapter 13, the Gazites, the Ashdonites, the Ashkelonites, the Gittites, the Ekronites. And God said, this will become irritants and thorns to Israel. 
they will cause Israel constant harassment. That Israel may not be able to fulfill God's command, God's desire for them. Now we look at some who tried and the tricks that Satan used to prevent and to harass. Samson in Judges, the next book, tried and died in the process. Now Samson did not realize that they had a stronghold a strategic stronghold. Pastor Ginde rightly put it, the power of women. The power of the women folk. The occupants of the land knew how to use that power. And the story of Delilah occupies the bigger portion of the book of Judges to show us one, that seductive strategy. <laughs> the seductive strategy that these ones used so that they could remain in the land. The moral integrity. The moral integrity or lack of it. Yes, there remains much land to be conquered. But we must look out at obstacles in the way that will cause us to fail to accomplish. And unless we conquer the Delilahs, the ladies vice versa, Unless we conquer the Delilahs, they will prevent us from going anywhere. From inheriting the remaining land. Now, you read the story of Delilah. She was not interested in the man as her husband. She would not have betrayed him if she was. Now, the the, the military guys, these CID guys, know the power of the ladies, of a man. Samson, as, I don't know, he was preaching my sermon this morning. Samson was the strongest man in Israel at that time. And yet, this little Delilah, Delilahs, we still have Delilahs of this world. And as I look around various colleagues in ministry, and the warning of ministry is that the ministry must carry moral integrity for it to conquer any, any lands. And the devil uses it. If you are not alert to stall the work, However long you can hide, but the Lord, you can't hide from the Lord. There was in Zimbabwe, very vocal, the church was very vocal against corruption, against Mugabe and all that he is doing. Now, Mugabe's people knowing 
knowing the weakness of man wanted now to find out what these church leaders are made of and one of the leaders of the church group was a Catholic father I don't know whether he was a spiritual father at bishop actually at bishop I don't know whether he was a spiritual father or a physical father one time somebody came to the office and said are you the father of this place I told him yes I'm a father of two daughters whom did you want so this archbishop I'm not yet archbishop there's no room for it here had a weakness the Delilah weakness and they installed cameras CCTV CCTV in his, in his room and as he was castigating the government blaming the people the corruption Mugabe told him come we talk come let's talk what does he do have a seat switch it on from that time on there was no voice the voice of the church had been silenced silenced the power of Delilah Delilah's now I know also the power of man has wrecked some Delilah's so we are not just talking about men we are talking about moral integrity moral authority to conquer the next land there was this gentleman who wanted to curse God's children Belam you know him he wanted to curse them there was no way that one can curse the blessed of the Lord he tried several times and he said you cannot curse that which is blessed now they realize that this curse can only come through Delilah's they can only institute the curse and the disfavor of God through the Delilah's after Samson died he left them intact the five lords of the Philistine and they existed they continued to exist they'll become irritants now what we are saying before we can even think of going beyond the territory of Kenya we must conquer the Delilah's first in our own lives if we claim to speak for God and only the truth there will be CCTVs on us 
And most people are muzzled preachers. I was among the, the, the bishops who went to point out some of the areas that, um, that the government needs to do, that the government had failed to do, and pointing out they needed to do it. I was told, you don't know the tricks of that. They will follow you. They will trap you. They will... And I'm, I'm, I was told that they have done that to so-and-so, to so-and-so, to so-and-so. Do you hear him these days? <laughs> for us to conquer, for us to occupy, for us to possess, we must conquer self first. We must possess ourselves ourselves don't you know that you are the temple of the living God and that God lives in you that's the only thing that will either derail us or help us to conquer the remaining territory self conquest self conquest so if you ask me about what is the remaining territory the first thing is self-territory and guarding self. My wife is my watchman and I'm her watchman. We guard each other. You have to have accountability. Accountability to yourself, accountability to your spouse, to your friend. There must be accountability. And the first conquest, I'm saying, conquer self. Let's look at some of those that remained. These tribes remained in the land, including after the exile. Now, let's look at after the exiles. They were still irritants to Israel. Let's read Nehemiah. Just look at a few of them. Nehemiah 13. Nehemiah 13. Verse 23 to 25. It says, In those days, I also saw Jews who had married women of Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. And half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod and could not speak the language of Judah, but spoke according to the languages, to the language of one of the other people. And so I contented with them and struck them and pulled out their hair and made them swear by God saying, you shall not give your daughters and your wives to their sons, nor their daughters for your sons or yourselves. Now, this is, this is the intermarriage trick, the intermarriage strategy. Because slowly by slowly, they were exterminating the Jews. And this is a trick that uh, our fellow Muslims are doing. They are, they, they are increasing by marriage. They are, they are giving monies to any who would marry a Christian or increase their numbers by birth. And once they have the children, they have the tribe. This was the trick 
that the, at the this same this same people who are remaining who are using uh, to exterminate not by killing but by assimilation until the children did not understand the language of the of Judah the Jewish language the language of Yahweh the language of God they stopped talking about Jehovah and they were talking about the, the gods of the Ashdodians. Israel, God's chosen people, were given the land as an inheritance forever. All those others were squatters and they were to be removed. They were to be destroyed. And unless the Israelites preserved themselves, preserved the generations and their children to inherit the land, they would still also be exterminated. The generation. The children that they were giving birth to were not Israelites. And the wives knew how to teach, we call it mother tongue. I don't know why they call it mother tongue instead of father tongue. Because normally, we, we inherit our father tongue. But these mothers were very clever. Until the children stopped singing or talking God's language. Now, being God's chosen people with a promise and a covenant, an everlasting covenant, be yours forever, you and your generations forever. Now today we have the nation of Israel because of God's faithfulness, because of God's promise, because of God's covenant with his people. We have Israel. The Philistines are extinct. They are no more. The Geshurites are no more. Where are the Ashdonites? Ashdonites. Where are the Ashkelonites today? The Gittites, the Avites, the Amorites. They are no more. They are extinct. You can't find them. The Israelites are here today with us. You can go to the land of Israel and meet them. Thank God for their return because God preserved them for that purpose because of his promise to them. Look at what happens to the generation of the wicked. Psalm 109 verse 6 to 13. Because of God's promise we have the Israelites. He had requested, commanded them to destroy those Ashdonians and the Ashkelonites and all those, the Shites that we read about. They failed, but God managed. God did it. Psalm 109, verse 6 to 13. This is the reward of the wicked. And it, said, it says here from verse 6, Set a wicked man over him, the wicked man. And let an accuser stand at his right hand. 
when he is judged, let him be found guilty. And let his prayer become seen. That's what you mean when you pray and it hits the ceiling. It becomes seen. Let his days be few. And let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless. And his wife a widow. Let his children continually be vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread also from their desolate places. Let the creditor seize all that he has, auctioneers. And let strangers plunder his labor. Let there be none to extend mercy to him. Nor let there be any to favor his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off. Oh my. And the generation following, let their name be blotted out. My. The generation of the wicked. They were told to exterminate. They didn't. God exterminates the generation of the wicked. And if we do not take care of the next generation, if we do not conquer and preserve our inheritance for the next generation, they are going to be destroyed. That's why we have the Israelites now. We don't have those because God said that his generation will be cut off. His prosperity will be cut. Posterity will be cut off. The generation following, God will blot their names out. Now, to understand this, God prohibited any intermarriage. Why did God do that? Because God wanted to preserve the, his people, his chosen people to inherit the land. Now the same thing goes to the wicked. I don't know. There might be some people sitting in this congregation who are the final remnant. The remnant of your own generation. Of your, of your heritage. Where you come from. There might be people sitting here whose generations will be cut off. It will be said, and so and so begot so and so, and they died and they died and they died. A thousand years from now, looking from heaven, you see where your generation ended. You see where your posterity ended. And you say, my, from my own blood, you mean that's all they were? So begot so and so, so begot so and so, they died, they died, they died, cut off where are my 12 sons they begot so and so and so there was a short illness there was an accident there was this and within a hundred years your generation cut off we work so hard for our children to leave an inheritance for our children but we don't work as hard to preserve the generation in terms of passing on godly principles because our children are under attack, under very severe attack. The internet has brought pornography into their, into their living room. 
There's so much pressure in schools these days for drugs. The boarding schools for girls and boys is, is a manufacturing fa is a factory for lesbians and homosexuals. I've done enough counseling, I know. And we are going to lose them. It's going to be said, so-and-so begot so-and-so, begot so-and-so, and he died, and he died. The generation is cut off. But there is a contrast. That's the strategy of the enemy to stop you from occupying the land. Children. Children. The children that will live from now on, who will take on the baton, we must carry them along with us. Because we want to have a heritage when we get to heaven. Now let's like the maize seed. The maize seed. Previously, before this current uh, hybrid maize came, and I was, thank God I was there to see it. When you grew your maize field, you would separate the best seed for the next season from the same stock. You would keep that seed for replanting. And you would use the same seed to plant. And next year you would be the, you'd do the same. Now if we can do that, what about God? You don't use the, the useless shriveled maize to use for your next planting. And as we plant God's fear into the next generation, we can be assured that the next generation will be conquered. We shall claim the territory. Our children, our homes are under attack. The institution of marriage are under attack. The children are now homeless, fatherless, motherless. They don't have any models to follow. And we are saying we are doing well. There yet remains much land to be conquered. Our children. My cry goes out to our children. In contrast, the Israelites. The Israelites were, were told. Let's look to, at Psalm 112. 112 verse 1 and 4. 112 verse 1 and 4. You see what happens. You see what will happen to the generation of the wicked. And the Bible says, the generation of the righteous shall inherit the land. Shall inherit the land. Which land? This planet earth. Psalm 112 verse 1 to 4. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants, what? His descendants will be mighty where? Who? His descendants, the generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth 
and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. And to the upright there arises light in the darkness. The upright families. If we can conquer our families, that territory. I know you wanted me to preach about missions. We've heard enough about that. That's why I changed. We've heard commitments about missions here. But while we talk about next door, our own houses are burning. While we talk about next neighbor, we have not conquered ourselves. So we are going to make a mockery of ourselves there. We are talking about inheriting, claiming the territory of our homes, of our children. And it starts with the children. The heritage of the righteous. The children of the righteous will do what? will inherit the earth, will be blessed. When you are in heaven, you are looking down, or you, they, you, you have, you see, so-and-so begot so-and-so, so-and-so begot so-and-so, this so-and-so begot so-and-so, they got so-and-so, and they became a nation, a Kenyan nation. They inhabit the area called Kenya. You know, there are even, even tribes that a thousand years from now will no longer be there. But the guarantee is here that the children of the righteous will do what? Will inherit the land, this particular land, this land that we leave, planet Earth. So when you look down, you will be surprised. That a whole nation could have come from you alone. That a whole tribe could have come from you alone. Scattered all over this world. There is a remnant of the righteous. So that puts great stress on you as parents, on me as a parent. To ensure that we conquer the families. Our children claim our children day and night. Our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, they are going to come with us to inherit the territory with us. If we leave them behind, they will only be speaking the language of the Ashdonites. The language of the world. That's what they will know. Not the language of heaven. The language of God's people. We need to teach them God's language. We need to teach them how to seek God for themselves. Otherwise, we'll be out there and our families are getting lost. Now, it's tragic if you alone enter heaven. Heaven is large enough to accommodate all of us and more. And so if your faith is only you and yourself and your wife, me and I, and the rest you are not caring, know that God will not do what? Propagate your heritage. Propagation of your heritage. Propagation of godly spirit. 
and that says some will say and who are these say these are my spiritual children sister mary don't worry you'll have spiritual children that you'll ask and who are these this is your spiritual children whom you begot so whether whether you're married or not you can bear children to the lord and if you're married you have children make sure that your generation is not cut off as the generation of the wicked whose children never knew the language of god i'm saying there remains much territory but their children must also be possessed because they are the ones going to possess the land. Let's get on. In possessing the land, the land has a kingdom, or a kingdom rather has a domain, that's geographical location, subjects, those are citizens, and then a king. A kingdom is ruled by a king. Subject, it has its domain. So when they were told to dispossess these kingdoms that were there before, the dispossession needed a threefold attack. Take the king, kill them, the, the, the five kings of Philistines. Thank God David tried. He killed the five kings. But he did not take the domain. He did not take the domain, the geographical territory of the kings. He did not annihilate the citizens. They were still there. During his time, he tried. But they were still there. And so, to dispossess a territory, a kingdom, it needed that threefold destruction when they were told to possess the land. They did what they could. In fact, David and Goliath is the story that we can use here. David and Goliath. Goliath came to fight the, the Israelites with, a, with the, other, the army outside of the Philistine territory. So what did David do? David killed Goliath, yes. But he did not destroy the domain and the citizens. So they remained there to torment him, to terrorize God's children. The kingship was still intact because it was an institution. And his children were growing to inherit that kingship. His brothers were there growing. Sometime later, they almost killed David. If Abishai had not come to his aid. Now that story is found in 2 Samuel. Let's, let's stand there very quickly. 2 Samuel 16 to 22. Because David failed in possessing 
I'm saying in possessing those lands, you need to dispossess the structures. We're reading 2 Samuel chapter 21 and verses 16 to 22. It's a, it's a long story. It says, Then Ish Benon, who was one of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels, who was bearing a new sword, thought he would kill David. But Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, came to his aid and struck the Philistine. Now that was not the only one. There are several. There are, there's the brother of Goliath in there. They are the four sons. Verse 22. These four were born to the giant in Gath. And they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. David forgot that the kingdom was still intact. The structures of the kingdom were still intact. That the domain was still intact even though he killed Goliath. And that was a great victory. They did not dispossess them and possess their land, the land of the Philistines. Now, talk, if Abishai had not helped, this, this would have been David's time to go. What am I talking about? I'm talking about there still remains much, much territory in destroying the devil's structures of governance. Because the African experience proves that politics, politics impacts millions of people, either negatively or positively, depending on how, on their decision-making or the practices that they do. The political practices. It either nurtures life, justice, and peace or destroys its citizens. Now, we, we have seen in Kenya what it did post-election violence. We, are call, we call it post-election violence. But we the Christian faith teaches that Jesus, all authority in heaven and on earth, has already been given to Jesus, the risen Lord. And then it teaches that that authority, no government can exercise authority unless it is given by who? By God. And this time delegated to who? To Jesus. Are you hearing? If all authority in heaven and earth, all the governments are ruled by Jesus up there. And we pray your will in heaven be done as it, on earth be done as it is in heaven. What are we talking about? Now, tragically, the church has embraced the the lie that interference with political affairs is not the realm of the church. 
even when laws that undermine the Christian faith are being enacted, where ours is to pray. Even when the institution of the home, as God put it, is being destroyed, no interference. Even what, when what God calls abomination is being enacted as a right, no interference. Until we lose our own children, we lose ourselves, we lose, and then we come later. I'm saying, if inheritance, if conquering the land necessitated the three domains, the three areas, the domain, the king, and the citizens, the subjects, we are doing half a job. We are not doing a complete job. I, will, I, will, I told the other people, how can I pray? When El Nino comes, we have floods. And we are told it's coming. And then, when drought comes, we have famine. And God in heaven, you know, when there was that post-election violence... We, we burnt food, granaries in Kitale area. All those granaries of Kenya were burnt. We burnt maize that God had given us. A few months later, we are dying off. Who is to blame? God or us? When we had IDPs dispossessed from their lands and put in, in, in camps, and they started, it started raining, and the IDPs started crying to God, oh, it's raining and there is cholera, people, these tents are leaking, and every, the mud, you saw how the mud was, and cholera was spreading and killing those, the innocent people. They prayed to God, stop the rains, God. And God hears the prayers of the oppressed more than the oppressor. Did you know that? And so God stops the rain for their sake. And drought comes. Because that rain is also destroying his creation. Whose fault is it? Is it, can you now tell me just pray, ours is just to pray and get people to heaven? When, you know we have El Nino coming, they have warned us. They have warned us. They have even warned there are going to be floods in Kano and other places. Instead of preserving the water that comes along and digging dams for the, for the not rainy day, for the dry day. All that water, where will it go? To the ocean. And then when drought comes, and then we shall start praying, Oh God, these floods are killing our people. Please stop the rains. He stops it. Drought comes. And people are dying of hunger. Cows are dying. 
and we did not preserve the water that God gave us. If you are God, what would you do? <laughs> Pastor Ginde says he would chopper you. <laughs> to cause you to wake up. I'm saying there is, there is a place where we can speak to the structures, social structures, political structures, economic structures. Whenever they would, they would conquer, there was loot to go with it. Did you know that? We, we tend to be conquering and leaving another territory. And that territory becomes irritant. A constant irritant to our progress. That we have enough people in here who can influence the decision-making process of this nation. You heard what Sister Obasike said. We have enough politicians who are believers who can change the course of history of this land. Can we possess that territory? Can we possess this territory that will help us move around freely? Move out of this nation freely spreading the gospel. But if we possess them halfway, because we believe that our mandate is half only, we shall continue to be praying and God will be laughing. I have given you everything. He will not do for you what you should do for yourself. And he's saying, why can't Kenyans learn? Why can't my people learn? I've given them wisdom. I've given, I've given them all that it takes for life. All that is necessary for their good life. Because when God planted us here, he planted us with enough to sustain the nation. Enough resources to sustain you and I without any drought, without any famine, without anything that is destructive. What is the problem? The Christians are one-sided. We used to talk about heaven. Jesus is coming tomorrow and he delayed, he delayed. We still have to cook food for many generations and generations. We still are living on this planet Earth. And he says, occupy until I come. In summary, because it's one o'clock, in summary we must, we must uh, close. I'm saying there remains much land to be conquered. One we must conquer self, moral integrity, before you can advance any further. Because that brought the hindrance of the Israelites from occupying total land, total occupation. There remains much land to be conquered. We must conquer and claim and possess our children so that they can inherit the land. We have an, an inheritance. And we must hand it over to the next generation. 
If you don't do that, the next generation will forget that there are Christians here. If you don't do that, we shall be like Britain now. Structures like these are empty in Britain and they are being sold or used for other purposes. We went there and we saw a beautiful cathedral that was going to be brought down. I said, if these people who invested in this building were here today, they would, I don't know what they would do, not even cry, die again and go back. These beautiful structures that we are, we are creating and building will be empty if we don't possess the territory of our children. Our children. Our children. The, the younger the statistics have shown that the, the Kenya is a young nation. 65% of our population is under, is it 30 or 25? Under 30. That's a large population. And we are seeing them go as we watch. They are tuned to television. We don't know what is happening in their bedrooms as we watch. Do you know where your child is now? Do you know where your, your son is? There remains much more to be possessed. We cannot afford to leave our heritage to be cut off after only a few years upon our death. concurrently as we move on. Those who have possessed it, we can now be ready to move on. We must possess the structures, the decision making in government, social, political, economic. This is not liberal theology. This is the whole gospel. We cannot leave it to politicians to mess the next generation. Otherwise, it will be cut off this is the time to possess the land, the remaining land. This is the time. Only then can we now go out with conviction to conquer the world. We shall be ready to conquer not just our neighbor Somali here, to conquer the world. Amen. We have not arrived, so don't settle. We are still on the move. And we must conquer the remaining land. Shall we stand and pray and ask God, each one of you, ask God, before we move on to other nations, have you conquered yourself? Are there things that will bring Satan to claim ownership? over you. Satan to say, come we talk. <laughs> come we talk. What about this? Who do you claim you are? 
Can we, can we conquer self? Can we conquer 